Hey y'all, so this is Meet Me in the Middle Part 2, and I broke this up because, like I said, I don't want it to drag on and on. Some of you don't have a lot of time in one setting to listen, so it was still kind of long, but it wasn't like crazy long. So this is the continuation, and I'm sorry because the other one won't be like crazy helpful. It's definitely more just setting the stage of what I've been going through, and this episode will be more of how I'm handling it how I have handled things like this in the past and maybe some things I'm going to try out and I can always let you know how it works. Um, Because that's the fun part. This is the trial part where I'm in the middle and I'm not always comfortable sharing when I'm in the middle and I don't have the answers and I still feel a little better. I like coming to and I feel like, oh, I've had time to heal and now I can talk about it and I feel like I have this great perspective in hindsight, which is 2020. but real life, we end up having a lot of middle spaces. So I'm hoping that in sharing this, you can kind of get a look at my process. Probably like, you know, commiserate with me a little bit because we've all been here and we all know how it feels. And then hopefully give you some hope when it feels really hard. Because honestly, one of the reasons I am posting this is because I have been freaking sad. Now I'm handling it, but I'm the type of person that can like compartmentalize minor depression and just set it to the side and be like, okay, that's there, but I don't have time to deal with it completely. Um, I'll acknowledge it and I'll do self-care. So right now I'm practicing a lot of self-compassion. I'm going to get into that. And I just did an episode on that. And it's one of the reasons. Uh, So I'm conscious. I'm treating it. But it's not my only focus right now. So I can't just be like, I'm depressed and my life is over. Um, Which would be very dramatic. But I mean, like, sometimes I do feel that way. Like, sometimes I've just been randomly crying or telling myself, like, you need to have a good cry at some point (laughs) not like actually scheduling it but thinking about it and one thing I mentioned and this was months ago I just want to clarify like months ago is when I was really dealing with my kids coming back from a weekend with their dad and then they would tell me that their dad said things and their and my grandparents said things I don't want to call them that anymore I want to call them by their first and last name that's how petty I'm feeling okay like if you really want a viewpoint to my soul I feel petty So at the time I was juggling conversations, you know, my grandparents had forced me to leave because I had told them that they should not be allowed to and could not bring a child molester overnight while my kids and I were staying in their house for housing and they told me then I could get out. Um, So I was like forced out, thankfully found a place before the deadline because I really was scared we were going to be homeless and then my ex would take them because that's what abusers like to do is control everything. Um, So it was terrifying, right? It was absolutely terrifying and I just that was a really, really hard and dark time for me. And I just kept moving forward, just doing the next right thing. I needed to do it. Like watch the frozen movie, uh, when Anna's like singing about doing the next right thing. And I bawled like a baby and it spoke to me so hard. (laughs) Spiritually, I was like, I'll do the next thing. Um, and then, you know, I found out that my ex started going to the church that didn't want me after I left him with my grandma on Sundays and then they had Sunday Sunday dinners together. And so I had my children asking me, why don't we go to grandma and grandpa's? But at the time I had to explain to them because my grandma's blurting it out that we have to leave. So like my kids are aware at the time that they're kicking us out. Maybe like it started then, my kids then go to my grandma, unbeknownst to me while we're still there. I'm like panicking, looking for housing. They've told me we have to leave. I'm heartbroken, don't know what to do or where to go because all I did was stand up to protect my kids um, and was, really persecuted and treated badly because of it and so they actually went in and were like why are you forcing us to leave they said we're not just your mom yeah like I'm gonna leave my freaking kids okay 
no like so they lied they legit looked at my kids lied made up lies said that they weren't forcing them to leave that really it was my fault do you know how hard that was and I'm trying to raise my kids not to be petty awful people like the people who sometimes had anything to do with me in my childhood raising me like my mother and so I try not to just talk crap about people and I try to just say what they need to hear and it has to be age appropriate which means I am not going to tell my kids everything that my grandparents were doing but I did tell them if this person comes around all I'm going to leave they used to hurt kids and I don't know if they've hurt kids in a really long time and they would say well grandma says that he has Jesus in his heart now and he doesn't I was like well sometimes that doesn't matter honey because sometimes people still do no-nos when they know they're not supposed to and so I said because you're my kids it is my responsibility to protect you so if that person comes around we're not going to be here and the reason I had an argument with grandma and grandpa is because and there were so many other arguments there were so many things I put up with when I had to wash I literally would have to wash and dry every single dish and put them away and then clean off the table and clean under the table and clean off everything so that it looked like I never was even in the kitchen with three little kids ages seven and under. It was amazing, right? And I got yelled at all the time where my kids would get yelled at for leaving stuff out. We couldn't have anything downstairs in the living room. I had to keep all of our stuff upstairs and they would wait till I was gone for a night on a weekend if I didn't have the kids and I stayed with my sister. And then they would go up there and start touching my stuff and then telling me how dirty and gross I was. I'm not dirty or gross. I just had children and I'm like pretty clean for having kids relatively organized. I'm not going to brag and be like, Oh, I'm so organized. I like a struggle best with organization, but I'm working on it. And we were like, like smushed up into this little area and we made it work. Um, so it was already like miserable, but I kept my mouth shut. You know why? Cause I need a place to live so I could find another place to live. And I was looking. So here I was losing that place. My grandparents are lying to my kids right to their face. Um, I'm trying not to be the person who like tells my kids things that aren't child appropriate. So I'm phrasing everything in a way they can understand, sticking only to the facts, not villainizing my grandparents just because they're being awful human beings to me. And so then when they start having my ex over, they're coming home to me saying, mom, why don't we go to grandma and grandpa's anymore? And I say, listen, I had a conversation with grandma and grandpa where I said, um, in order for me to come over and have you guys over there, I don't feel safe doing that unless they can really like communicate to me that having a child molester on, or have, I didn't say child molester on my kids. I said people who touch kids where they're not supposed to and hurt them. Um, I am not going to take you guys over there because it's not safe. So unless they communicate that with me, that they know that it's wrong and they're not going to do it anymore. Um, I'm not, and like, that's on top of all the other trauma. It's like, this is bare bones until we have that conversation. I'm not even touching any of the other jacked up crap that you did. This comes first. Okay. My children's safety comes first. And so I had to start over and it was so hard and I painted most of my furniture. And then like, now I'm like secretly feel really good about it. Kind of proud of the work that I did. I was starting off with like a bunch of stuff that was used stuff. Like my grandparents had let me take some of the furniture that they had set aside that they collected over the years. And then I, um, you know, while my grandpa was watching the whole time, make sure I didn't steal anything. Okay. Um, but a lot of dollar general furniture, like I started from scratch. Um, but I am so proud of the place that I have to live. And then I would like have my kids coming and be like, yeah, we're at my, your, you know, grandma and grandpa's. And I'm like, this is some crap. I'm going through all of this hard transition. How to juggle my midterms. I'm dealing with multiple family members putting pressure on me to talk to them 
um, because they think that that's what you should do in my family. You should shut up and pretend like it never happened and then just make nice with everybody because that's what you do for a successful family dynamic. No, that's what you do if you want to enable the abuse cycle to continue. You shut up and you let it keep happening and you don't protect anyone so you put the next generation in danger because you don't have the balls to stand up and say no. Okay? Yeah. So that's how I feel about that. Okay? Um, <laughs> clear. And they would tell me that their dad... So my ex-husband, who's super gorgeous, fan, freaking fantastic. Okay, like abusers have to have allies. Well, he found an ally in my grandparents. So like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So because my grandparents were on the outs with me, he saw an opportunity. So he ingratiated himself. And my grandma who said, I don't know why he would reach out, why he would ever think I would side with him. She sided with him. And they would talk and tell my kids that they never said that, that I was an awful person, that it was my fault that I was unforgiving that I am holding bitterness against this relative who molested children. And I would have to tell my children, I don't I don't have any unforgiveness towards him because he didn't do anything to you guys that I have to hold unforgiveness about. I didn't let him. I stopped it. I prevented it. I got you out of there so that it never happened so I wouldn't have to forgive him for anything. So no, I don't have an issue. I just don't want you guys around him, especially at night or alone. And so then my ex would tell him, like, no, she's unforgiving. My grandparents would tell them that I am unforgiving. Do you know what that would do to my kids? What it's, ha <sighs> what it's like to have to defend myself without trying to villainize them. Because that's one of the worst things they say you can do is villainize the other parent. With a narcissistic abuser, it is so hard to have them lie to your kids repeatedly. And you have to find a way to truthfully handle the situation where you are not villainizing or criticizing that parent has no problem criticizing you but still establishing the facts in the situation because your children will be tempted to not believe you and then when my grandparents backed him up and they started backing up each other it was miserable I reached out to my kids counselor I reached out to my counselor and I was like this is hard for me and I don't know what to do and so they said bring in another family member who can back up like just like hey people that have hurt kids aren't safe around kids and so thankfully my cousin did back me up and she was like and you know like then my grandparents and my ex said oh he's so old he couldn't hurt kids thankfully I had a cousin who says no they say that people that do that keep doing it even when they're old and maybe he doesn't but I'm really glad your mom doesn't let him around you I had to like do all of these extra supports because they backed each other because they they enabled the abuse cycle my cousins were abused because people in my family shut their mouths and didn't say anything and the cycle continued. And me and my cousins, it was normal. I wasn't sexually abused, but some of my cousins were. A lot of my cousins were physically abused. Like we went through crap and it was normal. And I decided that my children were not going to experience that, that I would do everything in my power to get them out of it. And then when I'm finally acknowledging that my ex-husband was emotionally, financially, spiritually, and uh, I missed one verbally abusive and he wouldn't get help that I needed to leave not shut up and take it not sit down and let the abuse cycle continue but to speak up say get help for it or I'm gone I am not raising my children in a household to believe that abuse was normal we did that long enough the moment that I found out that the emotional abuse was emotional abuse that the verbal abuse is verbal abuse that I was abused even if he didn't raise a hand at me I was done 
I did not sacrifice all of that, lose all of the friends that I had built up over a decade there. My dreams of going into ministry to have to accept like, hey, I'm going to have to get a real life job, which means I have to go to school, suffer through having to go through the hell of my ex threatening to take my children all the time, everything that I lost just to put my kids at risk and lose them because my grandparents were selfish people that wanted to do it their way and enabled a child molester to come around my children. Heck no. Heck no. And, and I still have no regrets. And that is the hardest part about that is that I can live with no regrets. I had multiple family members pressuring me. Well, imagine months go by and my family starts to realize that my grandma's having my ex over every weekend he's in town. Then they'd start to say like, oh, and they would say before like, oh, you shouldn't have him around the kids. But then they would also pressure me like, oh, you want that relationship fixed? No, I freaking don't. No, I don't. I do not want to be in a relationship with someone who is going to pressure me to enable abuse, period. If you don't respect me, my choices and my actions to protect my children, I don't want a relationship with you. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't. And I was at this point where I didn't know if I would ever want a relationship with them again. And I knew that that was something I'd have to deal with at the time. But as long as they continued on the path they were in, I would never have to touch that. Wouldn't have to touch it. I avoided some holiday functions because I didn't want to be around members of the family and them. Showed up for a couple, didn't show up for others. Planned a cousin giving this year. That way I don't even have to deal with it. And then as the months go by and like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to do this in time, guys. I'm going to try. Um, working my booty off, being a single mom, working, working the one job, finding that I could get this opportunity for another part-time job at the university and doing that, working from home on that while also doing my homework while trying to maintain a good GPA because I have some scholarships and I'm really excited about that. But it means I'm going to school like a college kid. So I'm driving over an hour to get to school one way. So like two hours, both ways, uh, three days a week working, working my freaking butt off, taking care of my kids, dealing with my ex. He's constantly harassing me, finally getting the divorce. And my family starts to realize, wow, he has been awful. He does keep threatening her. Her ex really has been terrible to her. And she just keeps doing what she's doing. And everyone else around me can acknowledge that it's hard, but I'm doing it by myself. Single mom life is hard. I'm not going to like paint this beautiful picture for you. So you're like, oh, it sounds like the dream. I am happy. So it is actually the dream. Like I am happy living my life and I am so happy not being abused. And I am so happy having the freedom to make decisions. I am happy. So it is worth it, but I'm not going to make it sound like there's no work involved because that is like the furthest thing from the truth. I've lost so much sleep, right? Juggling all this. And so they realize, like, here I am working hard, doing single mom stuff. I'm steady. I'm doing what I said I was doing. And they realize that my grandma is still having my toxic abusive ex over every Sunday. So then my dad decided like, oh, now I have a problem with it. It's not okay. And like, that's really sweet that he's standing up for me now. But when it happened, no one took my side on it and no one had to take sides, but they sure as heck didn't have to pressure me to make that work or fix it when they still hadn't admitted that there was anything wrong with what they did. But that's what my family did. I mean, my cousin, my cousin, Christina, she's awesome. She did it. She was like, forget them, Michaela, blah, blah, blah. And like stuck up for me, encouraged me, was awesome. My cousin Chelsea was really sweet about it. She was kind of wondering if we would work it out, kind of hopeful. And I was like, listen, I'm not. I refuse. I absolutely 100% refuse as it stands. And time went on and she just keeps having my ex over. And I'm like, freaking fine then. If you want him, you can have him. In my head, I started saying, I guess 
you know, I guess they just, you know, they get Aaron in the divorce. <laughs> That's fine with me. I finally got divorced. All this divorce stuff went through. And I don't know if that's why she messaged me like this. Someone had mentioned it. I don't know. But my ex is still going over there. So last Saturday, so like this has gone on over months where there'll be like quiet periods. I don't have to hear Jack about it. Um, it kind of was coming up recently because my dad was confronting my grandma about it, trying to tell her that it was wrong to have my ex over all the time. And, you know, she's working on getting the divorce. What are you going to do then? Still have him over all the time. Yes. <laughs> um, so it was kind of going on, but I was ignoring it. And then Saturday, I got a text message from my grandma. And like I said, I plan a cousin getting so I have to deal with this nonsense. Okay. Um, and I get a text out of the blue from her. My cousin's like, Christine's like, why didn't you block her? And I was like, well, I, I don't know. I just didn't. She's like, why didn't you block her? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I just haven't. Okay. And then I'm keeping it now that way because my grandparents employ the same tactics as my abuser. And you will have experienced this. Um, they like to villainize you. So they screw up. They do something awful, but they don't want to be the bad guy. So they create this fictional story where you are the villain and they try to change the character of who you are now and who you have always been to sound like some horrible, awful person to serve the purpose so that they don't look like the bad one and they can be the victim to everyone they talk to. And so I'm going to try to pull this up on here so I can read you exact text messages to make sure we're all good on this. And, um, so she said, would you like to meet for coffee? And in my mind, I was like, I don't want to deal with this. Like, that's honestly like avoidance. I just don't want to deal with it. But I said to myself, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to stick to facts because anytime you're dealing with a narcissistic abuser, you always stick to the facts because they will gaslight the heck out of you. So I was like, I'm going to wait until I pick up the kids on Sunday. And if they tell me they went to my grandparents, I'm going to ask her how was coffee or like, how was it? How was lunch with Aaron? And so the first thing my son does when I pull up is hand me this pizza box and says, this is leftover pizzas from grandma Yaya's. And she said I could have it. <clears throat> so I sent the test message. I said, how was lunch with Aaron today? And she said, it was nice to see the kids because see, this is what they've been using to tell other people. If they've mentioned like, Hey, maybe you shouldn't be having her ex over. She says, well, it's the only way I'll see the kids. Yeah, because you want to bring a freaking child molester around my children. I'm not okay with it. So you and my abuser both see an opportunity to work together for nefarious purposes. And so my response to her saying it was nice to see the kids since that's her excuse was, I'm sure it was. I'm also sure you can understand them that when you choose to have my abusive ex-husband over regularly for lunch every week and he's here, along with trying to allow a child molester on my young children overnight, despite my repeated protests and no sign of remorse, that I figure you got Aaron in the divorce. I have no desire to meet for coffee. I hope y'all are very happy with each other and the choices you made. Which, crazy part, I'm so over this relationship. Like, it still hurts, which is what we're getting into. But I am so done with the toxic relationship part that I really do hope they're happy together because in my mind, that decision is made and they get each other. Like, you don't get me anymore. That relationship with my grandparents will never be again. There will never be anything, even if they came back, even if they were like, I should never have, I will never want anything more than a cordial hello at holidays or something. Like I would never want a relationship again. So I really do hope they're happy because my children will be part of that weird freaking twisted dynamic. And I hope they are happy with it, that they're happy with their choices, that they're happy with each other because I'm not touching it. And I'm not gonna wish horrible things on them 
but that's a done thing. Do you understand? Like it's a done thing in my mind and I'm not going to wish for a horrible toxic outcome when my children are involved. And so her response was, I'm sorry you are so bitter in your heart. I'm sorry you. Don't you like that apology? That's not an apology, but it's like a blaming sentence. It's fine. I pray someday you can find forgiveness. I'm sorry you are so hurt. So again, not taking any responsibility for her actions, bringing in spiritual abuse, right? Got to bring God into it. Like I didn't get enough of that from my toxic abusive ex. And so I said, I have forgiven you. I just don't want a relationship while you're still engaging in harmful behavior. Y'all, it is okay to tell someone that while they are engaging in harmful behavior, they are currently still doing that behavior that you do not want to be around them. You can have that big fat boundary. You don't have to feel bad about it. It's a healthy, good boundary to have. And I said, and like I said, I really hope y'all will be happy together because that's it. Like it's done, done. And her response was, doesn't sound like forgiveness to me, at least not the biblical kind. You cannot get into spiritual abuse with someone like you can't, they will twist the Bible or whatever religion they have. If they're an abusive person, toxic person to meet their needs. She was going to do the same thing my ex would do. There's going to be nothing but gaslighting. I'm not responding to that. And so her next response was, because I didn't respond, because I'm not touching that, because I'm not going to be gaslighted. That's why I focused on facts. Anytime you're dealing with a toxic or abusive person, you always focus only on the facts. And then when they try to argue it, just don't respond because you don't have to. And she said, I'm sorry that you feel the need to be the most important person. (laughs) As if. Oh my gosh, single mom working hard, but I'm the most important. No, no, not even a little bit, but she has to say this. Do you understand? Like they have to make me look like someone that I am not. So they feel justified in their actions so that they can feel good about attacking me, having my abusive ex over and everything that they have done since I have to be the bad guy. So they will create this fictional story where I am and they're the poor innocent victims who are backed by God because that is how they will handle it. Then she said, you know, Aaron and Dale, that's my grandpa, have been friends all Aaron's life. No, they haven't. Uh, My ex-husband and my grandpa's son sometimes played together when they were little. Okay. And then they didn't meet again until Aaron was in his 30s. Okay. Like just a year or two before we got married. So no, they haven't been friends. It's an exaggeration to try to make it look like I'm attacking something intimate that they have. And she said, if you don't want a relationship because of it, then you have a problem. I don't want to be in a relationship with anyone who tries to control what I do or change who I am. That is a selfish person. I would hope that you would take a good long look at your heart. You are not the beautiful heart that I had always believed you were. Okay. Now this is what I want you to hone in on. And this is why I got stuck in the middle just a little. And I'm not stuck in the middle forever. But for now. Will you meet me in the middle? (laughs) That's where I am. And this is the part that hurts is because I have these people that I loved and respected. And even though I acknowledge they made piss poor choices and like, I can look back and I can kind of draw this pattern of behavior where I probably got along with my grandma so well for so many years because what I did generally fell under the realm of what she wanted. Like we had similar interests. I I did things that were respectful towards her. So I didn't fuck against her control. So like this moment that I'm like, Hey, no to the child molester on my kids. I'm like, bucking against her control now I'm getting the vicious side of it okay I'm getting the flip side and all of you have run into that side of your abusers where as long as you're doing what they want everything's fine you're good to go the moment that you buck that control oh now it's on okay 
And so in my mind, I was like, yes, there was probably that behavior. But since I didn't back her control, I didn't really run into it. But that time is also sacred to me because that was the only maternal relationship that I had. Like that was the only maternal type of love that I received growing up. And so that relationship with my grandmother that like transitioned into a friendship in adulthood, I treated like it was sacred. So like, even though I can see her poor decisions now and how she did this, I was like, okay, but like, I just separated it in my mind and my heart. And I was like, okay, like to this point, like, <laughs> like BC and AD. Okay. It was like before it happened, after it happened. And like I said, like, yeah, there were probably behaviors, but I wasn't going to taint the time that we did have that was good, that they did say that I could come stay with them when I was trying to leave my abuser. I was not going to taint that by all of a sudden making it sound like she was a monster the whole time. She wasn't. I could look and be like, no, she just made really, really dumb choices, really poor choices that put my children at risk. And so I had to make decisions. And then instead of them acknowledging that it was wrong, they trenched themselves and dug a deeper hole and then sided with my ex and then repeated that behavior for over a year. I'm done with that now. But when I got that message from her, I realized like she's doing it again. Like they can't be the bad guy here. They can't be the ones who did something so incredibly, horrifically selfish. They need me to be the bad guy. So she'll say stupid crap like you don't have the beautiful heart that I thought you did. So in other words, she's trying to say I've never been a good person. So she's trying to repaint my character for my entire life knowing her into something that I have never been so that she can look like a saint and I can look like the sinner. That she can look like the godly person and I can look like the person who's worshiping the devil because that is how she's going to handle it. She's agreeing with my ex using the same spiritual abuse tactics that he has used. He has repeatedly used comments from her to say that I'm not listening to God and not forgiving. Then she has repeatedly used stuff that he has said until it's this toxic, manipulative cycle. And I hate it. And I have all of the appropriate emotions like anger and disgust about it. But like that past was supposed to be untouched. I treated it like it was sacred. So in my conversations with her, I didn't attack the person she has always been. I attacked the decisions that she made because they were awful and they were harmful things to do. I, I would criticize her bringing my ex over, knowing that it's not okay. Knowing that if she says she wants a relationship, but she's engaging this behavior that's harmful, I am not going to have a relationship with her. to make a third part and I really didn't want to drag this out I'm sorry guys um but this is the deal I haven't posted because I've been in this middle place and like I said I like to isolate and then like lick my wounds in private and this is why because if it had just been the stuff that pisses me off like I'm angry I'm a little hurt in the end okay like I can get over I can move forward um it's when then I'll probably have to like be like draw the connection it's when people try to repaint the version of who I am so that they can create a story where they are the hero victim and I am the nemesis, the evil presence in their lives who's caused all these problems, even though it was never the truth. It was never true of me, but I get treated like I am disgusting. I get treated like I am the bad guy and that there's nothing good about me because they want to get away with what they did. And then I get punished for it. I will get ostracized from the family. I will get end up getting left out of holiday or forced into an uncomfortable position because people think I should have to work it out with her. I am the one that suffers because of what they did. 
I'm going to pause it there. I'm going to have to make a third one because I don't want to leave it like this. I definitely want to make sure I'm addressing the things that I do to help myself in the middle. And so, um, join me for part three.